0: Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. The Forces of Nature exhibit currently on display at the Kansas Museum of History in Topeka through January 9th showcases our state's extreme weather conditions, including tornadoes, droughts, floods, and fires, and how Kansans have responded to them. This interactive exhibit features an audio booth where visitors can record their own Kansas weather stories so they can be added to the Society's historic collections. Our podcast features two stories recorded by visitors to the exhibit about a Kansas flood. These recordings are also available on the Historical Society's website for primary sources, Kansas Memory, at www.kansasmemory.org. In the first selection, farmer and author Thomas Holmquist describes a 2007 flood on his farm in Saline County near Smolin.
1: My name is Tom Holmquist. I live in Saline County where my family has farmed for 140 years. Last May 6 we watched television and saw the devastation that was happening down at Greensburg and then saw that there was a storm coming but we all went on to bed about midnight that night. About 6 o'clock in the morning, I awoke, having slept very soundly. I woke to hear something that sounded like crackling coming from the kitchen. I walked out to where the kitchen was, saw and heard nothing, but went to the basement door. And as I reached the basement door, I realized that water was pouring in through the basement door. I looked outside and realized our entire farm was covered with water deeper than we'd ever seen it. I hurried up and ran and and called my wife Marla Sue and son John and they came rushing down. We rushed down to the basement and together the three of us picked up and moved as much of our personal and important things that were down there up to the main level of the house to keep them out of the water. The water kept rising until it was about three feet deep in the basement. I went looked outside and the water was up to the uh, axles of our big tractors and going into our cars and one of our wheat trucks it was going through the windows down in, in the North Corral the animals outside were in great distress also so I once we had stopped uh, picking up things in the basement and deciding it was too dangerous to be down there I put on my boots and started out toward the barn. As I uh, soon the, the water was over my boots and filled them and reached almost to my waist, I reached the barn and realized that the poor little goats were in the barn and were struggling. <clears throat> there were thirteen goats in the barn and they were just barely able to hold their necks out of the water. I took each one, grabbed them by the horns, lifted each one up and carried it up into the barn and carried it up to the hayloft went back for another one until all 13 goats were rescued one of them got away from me and started swimming across the driveway and then and realized it there was no place to go and swam back toward the uh, barn got its neck stuck in a uh, in a uh, fence so i reached it and lifted the goat up and this time the goat was very happy to be caught and let me carry it and I carried it up to the hayloft of the barn. A little later we there was nothing else we could do except wait and watch the water as it continued to rise. It finally uh, got to a top point about 9.30 in the morning and then uh, it started to slowly recede a little away from the house. The, Out in the corral were my cows and several calves. There was just nothing I could do. The water was rushing so fast and so hard there was nothing I could do but stand there and watch them suffer. A little later in the afternoon about 30, two neighbor kids showed up in a rowboat and they wondered if we needed some help and I said yes I have two baby calves out in the corral. The boy that came was named Matthew Weimer And his friend Jessica MacDonald and I then started wading across the driveway, which was at least waist deep. We reached the corral and walked into it, and it went deeper and deeper until it was shoulder deep. The boy Joel or Matthew, who was with me, stumbled and fell and went underwater. I grabbed his shoulders and pulled him out of the water, and we reached in. And the water was rushing as an incredible torrent we reached the other side of the creel and reached the two baby calves one had already drowned but the other one was still living so we picked it up and together we struggled across the deep water and made it back to where it was a little less deep and then were able to carry the calf up and brought it into the house where my son and my wife dried it off and put towels in the dryer and, and kept until we got this calf warmed up and so it was okay. The two kids Matthew and Jessica left again to go check on another neighbor. The water was there all day and it started to recede about evening time and, the, and started to get away from the house. The next day on Monday uh, another neighbor came with a sump pump and we started to pump out the water from the basement which had stopped at three feet deep so we pumped all day until we got that out he came on a tractor and I don't know how he made it because the bridges were in such bad shape and such but he came on this tractor and waded his tractor through the water to get there and helped me and such it was a, a terrible experience for all of us we lost a lot of things every one of our buildings was damaged by the flood every item in the building had to be taken out and dried or thrown away and such and it was a a, a memory we've, we have had very difficult time getting over. It's taken a year to, for us to get over this and, and to clean up the messes caused by the flood. The water was deeper even than it was in our yard in the 1951 flood which my parents remember so so clearly. This is a flood and also the 1993 flood which was almost this deep. This is a this is an event we will always remember and and mark as a real turning point in our living on the farm.
0: Marley Sue Esping Holmquist, wife of Thomas Holmquist, also farms in Saline County near Smolen. In the second selection, she describes the history of their farm and the chance involved in its allotment in a floodplain near Dry Creek in eighteen sixty eight.
2: This is Marla Sue Holmquist. I'm recording this as a remembrance of the flood of the Dry Creek area in Saline County on a farm that my husband's family homesteaded in 1868. My husband's voice is also been recorded regarding his remembrances, but one of the things that comes to mind for me is that in 1868 a group of Swedish men gathered in Galesburg, Illinois, and the the, they gathered with a jar, and in that jar were numbers written on small pieces of paper. Each of the men was brought forward to put their hand into the jar to draw a piece of paper, and on that piece of paper was the number uh, that designated the area that they were going to be given as their homesteaded areas. In the case of ours, it's 2116.3. And each of those male people were allowed to um, select one, and then when they got to Kansas by train, that was the land that they were given. As we were being flooded and things were pretty bad for us um, in 1993 and again in 2007, the thought keeps coming to mind that when Gustav Holmquist put his hand in the jar to reach out and take a piece of paper, um, if he would have moved his hand slightly, just slightly to the right, the left, if he'd sneezed at that moment, if he'd had a an itch on his back that would have made him move just slightly, his hand would have gone to a different piece of paper, and we wouldn't have been in a floodplain in Saline, Kansas where we constantly are flooded. Perhaps his hand would have moved to a place where he would have had A farm that was just a little above the floodplain and not um, crisscrossed by Little Dry Creek and Dry Creek, which has bridges, nine bridges around it. And perhaps we then wouldn't have suffered um, the kind of flooding that we have on our farm for so many years.
0: This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are from Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from our collections. The URL for this website is www.kansasmemory.org.